0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was fast asleep one night when I woke up suddenly, unable to breathe. At first, I thought it was one of my cats. On occasion, they had a tendency to lie down on my face while sleeping. So I assumed that one of them had crawled onto me in the middle of the night and had smothered my nose and mouth with their fur. But as I woke up fully, I realized my whole body couldn't move, almost like I was paralyzed. And it wasn't a cat covering my face, but my pillow. I was laying on my side, and the pillow I was resting my head on had been folded over so that it covered my face. At first, I thought maybe a cat had slipped under the pillow instead and was keeping it held up. But that wasn't it either. At this point, I was starting to panic. I couldn't move. And I couldn't breathe, and I had no idea what was going on. I was starting to go dizzy. If I didn't get oxygen soon, I would have passed out. Then the pillow began to move. It wasn't just covering my face, it was being pressed into my face, cutting off my airflow. Someone was trying to suffocate me. Panic thrumming through my body, I tried to wrestle my head back and forth until I finally managed to slip free of the pillow enough to suck in a deep breath. After a couple of breaths, the pillow dropped suddenly away from my face, revealing a figure standing beside my bed. It was tall and thin, and covered in a long, heavy-hooded robe, like the one death is usually depicted wearing. Only its hands were visible beneath the robe, which were long and white like a skeleton's. Where the face should have been, there was nothing but this ethereal sort of whiteness, obscuring its features. Before I could scream, this figure reached down and grabbed my bedspread, pulling it tight over my face. It was still trying to suffocate me, trying to kill me. Each breath felt like it burned down my throat. I had to do something. For context, I'm a trained psychic, and recently I'd been studying up on auras. As I lay there, unable to move or breathe, I realized this was my only chance. With all my might, I envisioned an energy field around me, building it up brick by brick until it had solidified into the wall. When it was complete, I mentally pushed it as hard as I could towards the figure by my bed. All of a sudden, the bedspread flew off my face and almost off the bed completely, and the figure was flung back with it. It grew smaller and smaller as it flew back from the bed until it had disappeared completely. The moment it was gone, I was able to move again. I threw myself out of bed and switched every single light in the house on, and then I broke down. I started crying and wailing, all of the terror and panic I had felt crashing over me like a tidal wave. I'd almost died. Whatever that thing was, it almost killed me. If I hadn't been able to manipulate my aura and create that barrier, maybe it would have killed me. I was bordering hysteric for the next two days, constantly terrified to even leave the house. I couldn't go to work, couldn't go to the shop, I couldn't do anything. It took about a week for me to be able to go back into my bedroom, and about a month for me to be able to sleep without having all the lights on. Every time I closed my eyes, I imagined that death-like figure leaning over me, trying to throttle me to death. But I haven't had an experience like that since. Whenever I tell people about what happened, they always ask me how I could still live there. But I just say, if something evil is out to get you, then it will find you wherever you go. Moving won't change a thing if it's you thereafter. The early 1980s i worked for a milk company the factory was built around 1902 and some of the equipment was still in operation at the time it was as old as the building itself i worked there as a stationary engineer and spent most of my time in the boiler room we were employed 24/7 to make sure everything was running smoothly so i often had to stay even after production was done for the day on weekends Whoever was working the shift would be the only person in the entire facility. The boiler room was cozy enough, especially in winter, when the nights were cold, but the rest of the factory could be pretty spooky on a night, especially when the lights were off, and the ancient machinery cast great, hulking shadows in the dark. I was a young man when I worked there, so the shift schedule often interfered with my social life. Sometimes one or two of my friends would come visit me and keep me company for a while and food was always a welcome benefit. During a night shift, my friend Dale came to see me about 1 o'clock with pizza. We took it into the lunchroom of the factory and started to eat. As we were chatting and eating our pizza, I kept hearing what I perceived to be voices coming from further in the building. It sounded like two women were having a conversation. I tried to ignore it at the time, as there should have been nobody else in the building other than me and Dale. I reasoned it could have just been steam or strange airflow caused by the machines that were making the noises. After a few minutes, however, the voices didn't stop, and I began to wonder if there really was something else in the factory. I mentioned the voices to Dale, so he paused and listened, and told me he could hear them as well. He agreed it sounded like two women talking in rapid, hushed voices. Thinking we had an intruder or someone who shouldn't be there, We decided to search for the two women. We followed the voices to the milk receiving area, but the moment we got there, the voices seemed to be coming from a different part of the factory. We looked around but found nobody there, so we followed the voices further into the factory. The moment we found the place where the voices seemed to be coming from, they changed trajectory and once again seemed to be coming from a different area, this time in the can storage area on the second floor. Seeing the futility of following the voices, we tried to listen to what they were saying. Dale and I both agreed they were speaking in English, but neither of us could make out a single word they were saying. The factory was too echoey, and the voices sounded disjointed and odd when they reached us. We went on for the next hour or so. The voices never got louder or closer, but remained at a consistent level in the background. It was pretty strange especially since we both could hear people speaking, despite nobody being in the factory but us. Eventually, we went back to eating our pizza and trying to ignore the voices. There wasn't much we could do about it anyway. A few hours later, Dale went home, and the voices stopped. The factory seemed eerily silent in their absence, but I was glad I couldn't hear them anymore. I went back to the boiler room, still a little on the edge about being there by myself. But the rest of the night passed on without any other disturbance, and I began to wonder if there was another, simpler explanation for the voices we'd heard. Nothing else like that happened until about four weeks later, when I was once again working the night shift. This time, it was my friend Tyler who decided to drive out there and keep me company for a bit. We once again ordered pizza and took it to the lunchroom, as I had done with Dale four weeks prior. I didn't bring up the voices to Tyler as I figured it would just spook him unnecessarily. As we sat there however, talking between mouthfuls of pizza, I heard more voices enter the fray. This time, it sounded like two men speaking. At this point, I remember feeling a little freaked out about it, but tried to ignore the voices as I figured like last time we wouldn't be able to locate the culprits. I didn't mention anything to Tyler and tried my best not to acknowledge that anything strange was happening. After a few minutes though, Tyler paused and asked me, do you hear two men talking? When he said that, I remember throwing down my slice of pizza in a mixture of relief and uneasiness that Tyler could hear them too. I told him about the experience I had with Dale four weeks earlier and how we had been unable to find the speakers and Tyler suggested taking one more look. We went through the same routine as last time, following the voices through the factory until we came upon a location they seemed to emanate from, only for the voices to grow distant again, coming from somewhere else. We went around for an hour trying to follow the voices to the culprit, but we found nobody. As far as we could tell, we were alone in the factory. Like before, Neither of us could work out exactly what the voices were saying, but we were certain the speech pattern and language was English. We agreed it was strange, but there wasn't much we could do, so we went back and finished off our pizza, trying our best to ignore the disembodied conversation. Tyler went home shortly after, and the voices once again went silent. I returned to the boiler room and spent the rest of the night on my own trying not to let myself get freaked out by every little creak and groan made by the machinery. I never heard the voices again after that. Several friends came to visit, oftentimes bringing pizza, but the voices never returned. Even now, I have no explanation for what we heard or why. I'm at a complete loss to understand what went on in that factory during those night shifts. Why we had heard the disembodied voices of people who weren't there. What did it mean? What had they been saying? None of it made sense, and it still doesn't now. The milk company closed down their operations at least 20 years ago, and the factory where I worked was torn down a few years after that, bearing the mystery with it. Paranormal horror author Eve S. Evans introduces a brand new spine-chilling release. True Ghost Stories of First Responders, available on Amazon today. Don't believe in ghosts? This book might change your mind and steal any hope of sleep. These stories are unexplainable. True accounts from first responders, told from the perspective of everyday people. Think you can explain them? We dare you to try.